Welcome, friends, to the Pure Encouragement Podcast. My name is Gary Steffes, your host. I am so excited that you're joining today. My passion is to speak life into the souls of people. And to do that, I have invited one of my best friends, uh, a man that is absolutely after God's heart, uh, fully surrendered, who loves Jesus, uh, a leader of men in the marketplace, a leader of men in ministry, uh, a man that has spoken into my life many, many times uh, to come talk. His name is Brad New. Newberg, uh, and in the marketplace, his side job, and we call it a side job, his main <laughs> job is to serve the Lord Jesus. His side job is to be the VP of Trinity Safety Company in Bakersfield, California. Uh, he serves on the board of Influencers Bakersfield and a handful of other nonprofits. Uh, he speaks at many events. He leads discipleship groups. Uh, this man, God has used to truly do extraordinary things. And I often say that God does extraordinary things with ordinary people whose hearts are fully surrendered to him. And Brad, to me, is one of these men that is living this out. And so, Brad, thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast. Uh, I can't wait to just hash out this theme of experiencing grace. It's been my theme all year. It's what we've been talking about, about how when you experience grace, it changes everything. And so I welcome you today. We're going to have a great conversation. And uh, Brad, I'll just throw it to you. Any thoughts before we dive in? Yeah, Gary, I'm just I'm just praising God, man. I'm smiling, thinking about how God knew that even just this experience of being able to just celebrate our King on this platform, that He He knew that before we ever met, and and I couldn't uh, state it better of just how grateful I am to God for you in my life, and just what a, a pure encouragement you've been to me. Uh, and so, just excited. I'm excited to share just a little bit of what God's grace has has done and meant and still does mean and will continue to mean in my life. So man, just, just excited to share and to, and to magnify Christ and his grace. Come on, man. Well, let's dive in. So let me ask you this to start. How has experiencing God's grace changed your life? And what a question, right? What a question. Uh, how has God's grace, experiencing God's grace changed my life? Well, it's changed everything. Um, and I think of I think of the verses that like talk about that, you know, I was dead in my trespasses, but made alive in Christ as far as by for by grace. I have been saved through faith. And, and man, I, I'll tell you a little bit about my story. You know, um, grew up in the church. Uh, uh, what would look to be like a, a path or a trajectory that would have been a, a lifelong relationship and experience of God's grace from early youth, being in Awanas, growing up in church. But by the age of 15, I, I walked away from all that. It, it was not a faith of my own. It was a faith that was around me, but it was a, it was an example that I would return to, truth that I would return to. Um, but I, I ended up walking away um, from 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 faith, from church. Uh, can't actually say that I really had it early on in my life other than I knew of Christ. Uh, but in my mid-30s, I had a chance to actually experience God's grace and what would have been is now knowing now is the rock was the rock bottom of my life. Um, so much was in turmoil. Um, I had chose the things of the world and, and money and status and um, as as my idols of life. And it almost cost me everything, almost cost me my family, uh, almost cost me my career. And in the midst of my greatest need, in the midst of truly being dead in my trespasses, is when I experienced God's grace. I cried out to him, um, this, this Jesus of my youth, uh, the Savior who I thought I knew, uh, this, this Lord I had never made Lord of my life, I cried out to him. And in 
the honesty of that moment on a shoreline in Atlanta, I cried out to him and I asked him to forgive me. I, I recognized my condition, that I was dead in my trespasses, that I was a sinner, and that there was this chasm, this separation that separated me from my Savior, my Lord, my King. And it was in that moment of understanding the word of truth came alive. And I cried out. I repented. I took a walk with him. I, I, I cried out and apologizing to him. And how did, how did experiencing God's grace change me? In a moment of full, honest belief in Christ, I was made new. Like I cried out to the Lord, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me for the sins that I have committed in my life. Forgive me for I have hurt you. And in the deepest fullness of my heart, a response said from him, I love you. I love you. And I have never, ever not loved you. I have never left you. I know I've sensed him out. He's like, I know truly that you are repented. And in that moment, you know, it was interesting. I was at a, I was at a shoreline. And in, and in a walking along that shoreline, I felt in my heart, God, just speak to me, go into the water. I want to wash you clean. And it was in that moment of just being frozen in his love and grace that like I, I literally connected each wave touching my feet to this washing by his grace of all this sin and shame and stuff that I had carried. And it was this grace upon grace that I experienced and it set me free. I, I became instantly a new creation. I didn't know what the future held, but I know who held it. And I know that I was his. I know, I knew that I was redeemed. I had an immediate assurance of eternal life that I did not have before. And so in that, how did, how did grace impact my life? It changed me radically instantly. And, 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 and from there, is where only really my experience of grace only began. Hmm. It, it was not a. So one this is the starting point. This is the starting point. This is the starting point. This is the eye-opening moment where I encountered the grace of God, and yes. He radically overwhelms me, and I encounter His love in a way I just never ever tasted before. So yeah. you did this. You you came. You surrendered to it. You received this love of God. You let it wash over you, and this was the experience. But then you you left that place, and you go home. <laughs> And yeah. now you go home and now it becomes a walk with God yeah. to where you're experiencing grace on a daily basis. And yes. you, you walked in to your family, a new man, but mm -hmm. it was really into this new way of life of walking with Jesus. And so talk to us about this. What does it look like going home and experiencing God's grace from that day forward? Come on. I always say that grace is not just a, a grace that saves. It's a grace that sanctifies. It's a grace that sustains. And so grace is not a one-time transaction. Now, God's grace in a moment when truly uh, believed by faith, we are saved by grace. And it's an eternal, absolute, momentary, uh, fixed result of eternal salvation in Christ. But the perpetuating, sustaining, sanctifying grace, yeah, I began to experience it 
the very first moment I stepped into my life, back into my life. I remember walking right in uh, to my home and realizing just the grace that I needed to uh, to be able to to have the courage to approach my wife and share some things with her and, and the grace that I needed, the strength and grace that I needed to be able to approach my children and tell them that I had found Jesus Christ, um, who they had only heard of and truly had not experienced, definitely not through me. And then to walk into my workplace and the grace that I needed in order to have the courage to tell every single manager that worked for me that I had found Christ and that I was, I had, I had to have God's grace give me the grace to ask them for forgiveness because of the way that I had treated them before I knew God's grace and, and, and that. And so I want to, I want to talk about a quote here that I, I love from John Piper about defining what is the sustaining grace. And so John Piper did this amazing little poem. It's like four sentences. And this is what he says. What is sustaining grace? It is not grace to bar what is not bliss nor flight from all distress, but this, the grace that orders our trouble and pain, and then in darkness is there to sustain. Let me unpack it. Mm. Let me unpack it. Not grace to bar what is not bliss. Immediately when I came back, I had to do some, I had to confess some things to my wife, to my family of areas where I had fallen short. And so this grace was not to bar trying time. It was not to bar the things that are not blissful in life. Nor is it to flight from all distress. Grace is not to set me free from the stressful situations in life. The very next morning at 6.30 a.m., I came to the office and I had to, I had to embrace God's grace and the calling of God's grace to be a conduit of God's grace to those around me. So the distress of bringing people in that I had to apologize to and, sh- and, and, and God had convicted me uh, and shown me the errors of my way, it was God's grace that didn't cause me to flee from distress but rather to press in to distress. And God's grace gave Mm. me the ability to do that. And so it says this, but this, the grace that orders and troubles all pain, God started to show me that all of the pain of my past, he would not only order it, but that he would purpose it through grace. And that I would be this conduit of grace so that trouble and pain would become purposeful and that it would be a sustaining grace and that in the darkness, it is there to sustain me. So I, I started to experience that grace is not just salvitical. It is perpetual for the point of sanctification that I may decrease, that he may increase. Hmm. It's those verses that we hear of to stand in God's grace, that in our time of weakness, we should approach the throne of grace so that in that time, God will give us the grace that we need. Like that's, that's not a moment of salvation. That's a moment of weakness. And God says, it's in my weakness that it is in your weakness that my strength is made perfect. Hmm. So this grace is something to embrace because when we embrace God's grace, we're recognizing, I was recognizing my depravity apart from God that in the in the pressing and the not so blissful moments in the distressful moments or the stressful moments of life, I could praise him because he is faithful in those moments of what would feel like weakness in self. His strength was being made perfect. So it would perpetuate and has been perpetuating for the last six years of my life. <laughs> that every intersection of any type of both valley or mountaintop, God's grace would be what I would cling to. Hmm. And so it's, it's, it's been 
It's been amazing. It's, it's the thing that you've clung to. It's the thing that's empowered you. I love what you said. It caused you to press into distress. Like that, that, that is so true. When God radically turns your life, there are things, he's done this in my life, where, where I've had to come clean about stuff that, that I didn't want anybody to know about. Yeah. I had to turn from things that had pain and consequence to come with it. Uh, I had relationships in my life that that started to almost look different because I wasn't running in the same direction as they were. There was distress, there was things, but it was God's grace that that drew me into a into an abundance with Christ that 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 gave me the courage to to get rid of certain things, to surrender certain things and certain pursuits and to come clean with stuff that I held deeply in my life and it was God's grace that strengthened. It was God's grace that that empowered, motivated, whatever. You, it was like the saturation of God's grace that did it. And, and that's that's fascinating. I love how you say that. And uh, and actually, I want to build on this for just a second. So yeah. there is something that you and I have talked about many many times, and uh, it's this word in the scriptures, this Greek word gnosko. Come on, gnosko. And where there are two different words or a couple different Greek words for knowledge, one of them being this word gnosko, which is an experiential, intimate relationship that is growing. It, it signifies more of a husband and a wife knowing each other uh, as compared to a Greek word oida, which is more along the lines of, um, I know that the sky is blue. I know that two plus two is four. It's an intellectual knowing of something. And, and so when you experienced grace and started to come into this intimacy with Christ, you start removing these hindrances between you and him, and you start going through the distress and you're finding freedom as you're coming into this, to this place, your intimacy with Christ is growing. And it says in John 17, three, that this is eternal life. Mm -hmm. that they know you, or the Greek word, that they gnosko you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And so really experiencing grace catapulted you into your intimacy with Christ. Talk to us about that. Yeah, it's just this incredible, it's just incredible truth. Why, why is it so important to embrace grace? By embracing grace at all of the crossroads of life, what we are actually experiencing is the faithfulness of God. We're experiencing the faithfulness of God. And when we experience the faithfulness of God through his grace that is sufficient, I'm real. I get a chance to know, experientially know that he is who he says he is. That in the moments of, of whether it's stumbling or just a moment of weakness and then the supernatural overwhelming peace that surpasses all understanding takes the place of the distress or of the, of the challenge, or even uh, it overwhelms me. Even on the mountaintop, I get a chance to stand in that grace, which we, we, we see the verses where it says to stand in the grace of God, come to life and standing in that I get to stand in the presence of Christ. I get to stand knowing that he is exactly who he says he is. And so here's where it gets into the practical for me. In both the positive and also when I stumble or, 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 you know, or need God's grace for forgiveness. Every time I cry out, like let's talk about the stumble. So say um, I had a, an angry thought or an angry word was expressed. And then momentarily I fall on my face and I cry out to God and I give it to God. And in that moment, I feel the truth of God's word where he wipes that away as far as the east is from the west and his grace rushes in. In that very moment, I am assured 
that God is who he says he is. And so not only does grace abound all the more in me, but equally important, his, the gift of his faith in me grows. My experience, heart experience of that grows. It's, it's no different than if you had wronged a person and then that person comes to you, go to that person later and they, and they emphatically wrap their arms around you and say, I forgive you. You feel the physical warmth. You feel the sincerity of it. That happens every time I step into God's grace. And every time. And so there's a personal intimate experience that grows. It doesn't just grow in grace, but grows my faith. And so this is what ends up happening. In the beginning of my walk with the Lord, there was times where I would stumble in thought or action. And then because of shame, which is what is uh, one of the tools the deceiver tries to use to keep me from experiencing God's grace, that shame would cause minutes, sometimes hours to go by before I would fall to my knees and cry out to God for his grace to, to flood me and to overwhelm me and to take away the shame that I was feeling or even the guilt if I had truly stumbled in sin. And then as I continue to embrace God's grace, there's this, this beautiful metaphor that a mentor of mine once told me. It's like being, imagine us being like a yo-yo attached to God. So there's a string that's attached to God, and that string attachment to God is the moment where we experience God's salvitical grace. This moment of where we have surrendered our life, we've repented, accepted the free or the gift of God's grace that we could not earn. And at that point, we're attached to him, like a yo-yo string attached to him. But then, like in any, any life, even after we give our life to the Lord, there's these moments of stumbling. And that stumbling, like a string attached, is when we turn away or we have a moment of weakness and we, like a yo-yo, we leave leave that intimate, fully surrendered to God's presence and grace moment, and we leave his palm, but we're still attached to him, right? And then grace, as I continue to embrace it after every every crossroads of needing to, that string would get cut shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter until there comes a moment where I never, even when I stumble now, I'm so quick to want to experience his grace because his faith has grown in me. My experiential gnosco knowledge of his grace is so has been strengthened so much that I don't wait minutes and hours anymore. I wait seconds to immediately fall into God's grace. And that yo-yo string is so short that I never actually leave mm. his grace. And so it's what a great, it's what a great, what a great picture. And, and it's actually, it's interesting when you stumble and fail, you talk about the, the shame that you feel like if I understand that God is gracious and that he longs to be gracious, like it says in Isaiah 30, verse 18, and that he saved mm -hmm. me by grace, that I stand in grace, that oh. I have grace to look forward to at the coming of Jesus Christ, that it's grace in my weakness that it talks oh. about in 2 Corinthians 12, that it's grace in my identity, that, it's, mm -hmm. that, that it talks about in the same place, uh, grace uh, for my abounding in 2 Corinthians 9, all these places where we're saturated in grace, we're saturated in grace. It, it's, it's this overwhelming reality of who God is. When I fail and I feel that, oh, that sense of shame, shame wants me to run and hide and be mm. away from God. And if I don't understand that God is gracious, I'm not going to come to him. I'm not going to trust him. I'm going to run off and hide and, and feel afraid to come anywhere near him. But what you're talking about in this yo-yo analogy is, is that you're learning more and more that when I stumble and feel that shame, my dad is gracious no matter what I feel. 
And so I'm turning into him. There's no condemnation for those in Christ. I'm Mm -hmm. immediately coming back as close as I possibly can because he yearns to wash that away. He wants that intimacy with me. And so talk to us about that moment when you, when you stumble and you feel that shame and that guilt, how do you handle that? So that, how do you do that? It's an identity thing. It's an identity thing in, in, um, in first Corinthians 15, 10, it says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And, and so knowing that I am a child of God saved by grace, sanctified by grace, and that it says, even in in James four, it talks about, he gives me more grace and he resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. This is a part of my identity. He's showing me this is, I am who I am. I am a child of God saved by grace, perpetuated uh, and sanctified by grace. And so I know this is a part of my identity. And, and, and like I think of um, it was in I think it was in Acts They're talking about Stephen uh, in Acts 6 they are talking about Stephen. And they're saying and he had power upon him because of the grace that was seen on him. Mm. There, there's this identity like powerful grace given to those who are humble in Christ. And so that's where that's where it comes into play is that I'm realizing like this is who I am. I'm a child who is who is a child of God, saved by grace, sustained by grace. And it is, it's who I am, but by the grace of God, I am what I am by his grace. That is what (laughs) defines me. And so in that, it becomes this incredible confidence that Mm -hmm. it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's not only the grace that I have confidence in, in my time of need, that immediately God wants me to experience more grace. That's why he gives us more grace. It talks about that verse in James that, that don't we think that the spirit jealously yearns for us, but all the more why he gives us grace. It talks about like the reigning power of grace that like um, in, in Romans five, it says, but where sin increased grace increased all the more so that just as sin reigned in death. So also grace might reign. So it's like that this grace is reigning in your life. <laughs> This is who I am. I am under the authority, under the provision of God's grace. And so it's not just, it's not just this assurance and confidence that I have that God's grace is sufficient because it is, it's sufficient for salvation. It's sufficient for sanctification. And it's also sufficient for the grace that I'm going to need in the future. And dude, that changes the game. Because it's, it, we will encounter grace. It says in First Peter one thirteen, the grace on. to be revealed to us at the revelation of Jesus Christ, that right. we will encounter grace, the very presence of grace. And so, like you said, we're saved by it. We stand in it. It's for our sanctification. We stand in it, and then we have grace to look forward to. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, and so that that future grace. I, actually, I I'm, I know John Piper wrote a book called Future Grace. But but what what essentially that future grace represents is it's a very simple concept. It's 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 a kind of life that magnifies the supremacy of God. It is a kind of life that has has a focus on this future grace. It simply means to trust God for his promises and take all the risks that God's promises allows us to take in the calling of being a participant in the, in the reconciliation ministry that God has invited us into. See, I know that I'm going to need grace. There's a reason why God's mercies are made new every day. But I, so I know that I'm going to need grace in the future, but I also know that he's faithful. So I don't have to look towards the future with fear of shame or rejection from God, but rather I can walk boldly into the calling saying, even when I fall short, his grace will be sufficient and not just the grace that one day will be experienced in the fullness, the immeasurable. It says that in Ephesians two, where it talks about being saved by grace. It says 
and, and raised up and seated with him in the heavenly places of Christ so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness. That's going to happen in the moment of glorification where his immeasurable, I mean, un, unquantifiable, un, unfathomable, immeasurable grace will be experienced in that moment. But even in the future moments on this side of heaven, I have the assurance of that immeasurable, unending grace. It talks about grace, too, being apportioned uniquely to each person. God knows how much grace on this side of heaven each person is going to need. And he gives us the gifts of grace, grace to be able to meet those needs. It's why it's sufficient for each person. And so I have this confidence that no matter how many times I'm going to stumble in the future, his grace will be sufficient. <laughs> so I don't have to walk in fear of, of, of losing this intimate relationship with the Lord, but rather I can walk boldly into the calling humbly and boldly into the calling, not bold in myself, but bold in the power of he who is in me and the sufficiency of his grace. And dude, the reason why I say embrace the grace, because every time I need to draw from the unending well of God's grace, I get a chance to grow in my faith because I go to the well as often as I need to. And guess what I find more and exactly what I need. And so that faith grows as I experience more of his grace and it sustains me. And, and, and in that. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a powerful cycle because it's it's the moment that you experience God's grace, it makes you want to come to him and then he gives you grace. But as he gives you grace, it makes you want to come to him even more. Yeah. And so as you come to him more, he gives more grace because come to the throne of grace that yeah. you might receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I love that. And I love how you said that uh, grace is sufficient. I'm not afraid of the future. Because grace is sufficient. So I don't have to fear it. I can yeah. walk boldly. I can walk humbly. And, and I, I know that his grace is sufficient. It changes everything. It does. And it changes your heart too. So as you experience God's grace, this like radical love starts to bloom in the midst of that. And it's him loving me first. And then as I experience more of his provision, my love for him radically grows. So grace increases faith increases and my love for him increases. Now his love for me can never be greater or less. It's this abundant love that comes to me, but my love as, as we, as I get a chance to experience his faithfulness, his grace, his provision, his love more and more, my love for him grows more and more. And so it's this strengthening of a relationship. You know, I tell this all the time. I never thought I could love my wife more until today. And then, <laughs> but it's even greater with the Lord because his love for me is perfect. Mm -hmm. He never fails me. So as I experience his grace, I experience his love. My love grows for him. And so it creates this radical love that's born out of that. And it also, uh, it turns into this radical worship and gratitude and thankfulness. So we start walking around in worship, even when the trials come, even when the distress comes, because God's grace is with me and his mm -hmm. love is with me. And, and that has grown my faith to a point of like, Man, I'm not defined by my circumstances for, for he who has me is greater. And it turns into this identity. Oh, man. Man, saved by grace, sustained by grace, carried by grace, empowered by grace, uh, sustained, sanctified. And ultimately, there's future deposits of his grace that will be sufficient for me in all of my needs. <laughs> Man, hearing your story, Brad, it massively encourages me. Uh, it it just 
you've tasted grace and, and it's all over you and it draws you and it inspires me to want to experience him even more to mm -hmm. want to, to want to experience his grace more. It's, it's changed your family. It's changing the way that you see life. Uh, it changes the way that you lead your company. It changes, mm -hmm. it changes the way you do ministry, right? Cause you're, you're not, you're not out there, you know, trying to, to condemn or beat people up in terms of how they're performing as a Christian. You're out mm -hmm. there inspiring, encouraging, saying, come with me. We're chasing mm -hmm after Jesus because I can't get enough of his grace. And man, that just makes me want to run with you and run after you, brother. It inspire me. I, and so as we kind of wrap up uh, down these last couple minutes here, um, you know, we've talked about a lot of different things with your story about experiencing grace. What would be your encouragement to the listeners on here? Let's say that somebody's on here and they're just like, man, I want to experience grace. What would you encourage them to do? Yeah, I just was at a, a men's retreat a couple weeks ago where a man gave for the first time ever gave his full testimony of some of the things that were burdening him in his life. He, and he didn't know the Lord prior to that moment, but he felt led to unburden himself. And he did realize that Jesus Christ was who he says he, he was in that time and which motivated him to want to confess his sins and repent of them. But then he came to me in this most sincere moment. He's like, Brad, I believe that God's grace exists, but I don't know how to accept it. I don't know. I don't know what to do now. I know that I'm a sinner. I believe that he's my savior, that he died on the cross. He's the savior and the Lord and the Messiah and the chosen one. But I don't know how to accept this gift. I don't know what to do with it. And, and the truth of it is this simple. It is the same way that we are saved and how we receive it when we are saved, that we will continue to receive it. We are saved by grace through faith. And so at any moment, where we are challenged with not feeling worthy of experiencing God's grace again, or the shame game comes in, or we're hesitant to want to cry out to God and ask him for his another dose of his grace. Let us do it by faith. And the faith that we do it by is because we believe in the sufficiency of his grace and the infallibleness of his word. His word says to us, that his grace is sufficient. So we trust him in that. And so the, the, the thing that I would say to anybody struggling with experiencing God's grace in a daily moment is to embrace it. Here's the beauty of God's work at the cross. There have been many, many times where I've stumbled in shame and I have had the deceiver whispering in my ear, see, you're not, you know, you don't deserve this type of love. And, and, you know, you're not, you're a fraud or, or whatever it may be, or man, see, you just, you just can't do it. And in that very moment, I get the beauty of experiencing the Holy Spirit's grace come upon me and, and, and God whispering to my heart. If you believe any of that, you're trying to tell me that the work at the cross was not a finished work. That the grace that I have was only for sins that had occurred up until a certain point and not for the grace that I have for you today and the grace that I have for you in the future. And in that very moment, I have never and will never be able to look up at the cross and say, Jesus, it wasn't enough. And so what I would encourage anybody who may be wrestling with something, maybe a bad decision or something that they've done in their life right now where they know they need God's grace by faith, press into the one who already paid for that grace to be experienced by them in that moment. And in that, by faith, your faith will grow and your experience, gnosko of God's love will grow and your relationship with Christ will be <laughs> a crescendo until the day where yes. we experience the immeasurable uh, measure of God's grace in his presence. Uh, I love it. 
Can't wait. I love it, man. Come on, press in the great word. So if you're listening and you don't know the Lord Jesus, he welcomes you. He Come welcomes on. you into an intimate relationship with Jesus. Uh, both Brad and I and many others, there was a time in our life where we did not know the Lord and we were yeah. walking far from him. Uh, but we had that choice as to whether we would come to the throne of grace and in that moment receive the grace he gives. And, and if you're a Christian and you've been walking with God, but you've strayed, uh, you know, this is an opportunity like Brad was given his analogy with the yo-yo where we can we can come to him immediately and not wait another moment to drop everything we're doing and to come, to surrender and to come, to confess it to him and to bring it into the light that we might be reconciled. He longs to give us grace for he wants us to walk in that intimate place with him. And so, you know, if you've been running with Jesus and you're feeling like, just like Brad, like on fire with your run with God, keep soaking in the grace of God. Never forget the reality that Jesus saves our lives and that we get to run each day because of his grace. And so Brad, I'm like you, brother. I want to experience it daily. I thank you for getting on this call with me. I thank you for uh, sharing your heart with all of us in, in the Pure Encouragement community. I thank you for just what God is doing and you being an ambassador for Christ. You inspire me, brother, and I thank you. Uh, and so with that, friends, thank you for listening to the Pure Encouragement podcast. If today has blessed you, please consider subscribing or sharing with a friend. And as always, keep speaking life to those in your life you have no idea the impact you can make when you choose to speak life to someone's soul. God bless. Are you getting married this year and trying to make your wedding come to life? If you are, I have two incredible people for you to check out. One is here in California. His name is Adam David Welch. He's a tremendous videographer, a gifted creator, and he will make your wedding come to life. He's been a huge supporter of this podcast. We are incredibly thankful for him. So check him out. You can find him at adamdavidwelch.com. Uh, and if you're in Michigan, across the country, my hometown, check out Kristen Hernandez. She's an amazing photographer. She will make your photos come to life with vibrant colors and your wedding will be incredibly memorable. Check her out. You can find her at KristenHernandezPhoto.com.